Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. Barry Peterson. You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. Right. You're saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. Eight states have legalized recreational No wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect doping yourself up with this wrong stuff? What do you know about pot? Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Cannabis Hour, a bi-weekly radio program where we discuss all things cannabis. We have a jam-packed and community-oriented show for you all today. We're going to be discussing wonderful policy in the county of Mendocino and the state of California. We're going to be hearing about the California State Fair's inaugural inclusion of cannabis. And we're also going to be hearing about the Kind Bud Campout, which is happening this weekend on Saturday, July 9th. And we have the wonderful and community involved Karen Byers here, and she is going to tell us all about that. Karen, would you like to take it away? Um, yes, thank you for the opportunity to be on your show and to share information about the Kind Butt Camp Out, which, as you said, is this weekend, July 9th, and it'll be held at the Black Oak Ranch, which is five miles north of Laytonville. And we have a full day of events um, planned. We're going to kick off at noon with a um, a discussion or a workshop with Cherry Blossom Bell on the art and craftsmanship of hash making. And she um, is the director of manufacturing at Heritage Hash Company here in Ukiah and was the winner, is the winner of the 2022 Ice Water Hash and second place in the rosin category at this year's Emerald Cup. And she also apprenticed with um, the legendary Frenchie Cannoli for seven years. So I'm really excited to see her presentation. Then after that, we have a workshop on, I mean, a speaker panel on terpenes and in particular terpenes and how it's con connected with outdoor cannabis and how outdoor cannabis has a fuller terpene panel, which also makes for better hash. So that'll be with Tony Boyles and also Wendy and Tony is the creator of the Terpene Flashcards. And then we have Wendy Kornberg of Cenobus who will be talking about farming techniques that can lend itself to a higher terpene panel. Then after that, we're gonna have a sensory examination evaluation of hash. And this discussion will be led by attorneys Omar Figueroa and Laurel Mendelson. And um, they're gonna share some of their experience from Omar's involvement with the Gangier program and also um, as being past judges for the Emerald Cup. And we really have a lot planned, so I'm gonna keep on going. Then after that, we're gonna have a cannabis day ceremony, which is kind of the spiritual connection with cannabis and it's non-denominational and it's gonna be led by Mickey Norris and Chris Conrad. And then after that, we'll have an evening of live music and it'll kick off with Sharita Perez, who is a high vibe singer songwriter from Northern California from the Arcata area. And she has a lot of really fun songs that she's written about cannabis. Then after that, we'll have Junior Toots for some um, positive reggae. And then after that, we're gonna have Kind Butt in the Joints, which um, is Papa Molly, Bobby Vega, Matt Hubbard and Wally Ingram. 
and they're going to be doing a two-hour Garcia Hunter set. And this is a West Coast exclusive. Um, it was really fun when I was reaching out to decide on music. I had heard that Papa Molly and Bobby Vega were doing a duo. And lo and behold, they actually had a four-piece that was already named Kind Bud in the Joints. So we're ex excited to have them be part of the show. And then after that, it's a late night open mic. And with that, we're going to be just be doing some song sharing as well as we want to do um, what we're calling outlaw storytelling. And that would be people sharing their stories from behind the Redwood Curtain. And then after that, we will have a camp out. People are welcome to camp. And then the next day, we'll be just having a slow move out and the events over by two that afternoon. But we would like to, people to get involved and there's still an opportunity to be involved either as a craft vendor or as a um, volunteer or even there's still time to do a hash entry. This is a hash tasting. I don't know if I've mentioned that. And so that's the focus of this particular event is hash. And so if you'd like to be involved, contact me at info at kindbudcampout.com or you can find more information on our website, which is kindbudcampout.com. So again, thank you for the opportunity to sh share this with your audience. And um, I hope everybody will join us for this fun weekend. Thank you, Karen. That sounds totally awesome. I hope people definitely check it out. What a fun and learning filled opportunity that sounds like. And I'm particularly interested in that outlaw storytelling. That sounds really cool. So thanks for putting that together for our community. And thanks for coming on the Cannabis Hour to tell our listeners all about that. And will you just say one more time where they can find out more info if they'd like to? Yes, on our website at kindbudcampout.com. Awesome, Karen. I hope you have a blast and thank you for everything you do for our cannabis community. Oh, thank you too. It's been a pleasure. All right. So moving on, we have a policy report with Hannah Nelson. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Hannah, how are you today? I'm good, Jen. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and to update us on what is going on on a legal and political level here in the county and uh, with the state. Absolutely, I'm happy to do it. Well, I think you said it right. It's good, bad, and ugly. Um, but I, it's nice that there's good to announce. Um, I don't know if you want me to just launch into it or if you have specific questions. You can just take it away in whatever order you think is best. I'm sure you are more informed than any of us on this call and probably most of our listeners as well. So I trust that you will guide us through it. Um, maybe good news first, but that's up to you. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm going to do the good news first for sure. Although I might sprinkle it along the way. So of course the biggest news is with the passage of the state budget was the permanent elimination of the cultivation tax as of July 1st. There was some confusion. People thought that it wasn't going to be until January, uh, that it was effective, but no, it's effective July 1st. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of uh, direct to consumer sales and other issues, but it was such a huge relief to have the cultivation tax eliminated. And certainly we at a local level, uh, Mendocino Cannabis Alliance and through 
our partnership and uh, uh, my specific uh, relationship with Argent's Council um, advocated for the elimination of the cultivation tax for for a very long time. Additionally, there's a little bit less known by most people, uh, but the excise tax has also been adjusted uh, every every uh, so often the CDTFA has to review and adjust the excise tax and what percentage the excise tax is of the market sales. That's still in effect for uh, a while more, but it was adjusted downward down to 75% from, I think it was 85 or 80 or 85% before. So that's also gonna be a decrease felt throughout the supply chain. And then of course there are uh, decreases in the excise tax in terms of what was anticipated. We thought that one proposal was going to see the rise of the excise tax potentially up to 19%, but that was not passed. And in fact, it will stay level at 15% for some time. There are also opportunities for equity um, applicants to receive uh, discounts on their taxes due for being a good employer and, and providing benefits and jobs and other other safety training and other stuff um, and some other decent stuff that was included in the latest budget that was passed by the administration and signed into law by the governor and uh, supported by both houses of our state legislature. So that's good. Um, on the local level, some good news is that the following uh, tax credit that will be in place for people who have to follow um, this year or in future years is going to come back uh, onto the Board of Supervisors calendar uh, at one of the two meetings in July. Uh, we at MCA had advocated for them to add uh, the ability for people to hop in and out of following on a quarterly basis. But as it turns out, this is really bad timing for the state tax collect, I'm sorry, not the state, the local county tax collector and auditor's office have a lot of changes going through it. So rather than holding that uh, ordinance change up, it's going to go ahead and move forward so that at least once a year people can enter into following. Uh, and that's gonna be both ratcheted down to a different size if that's what they are doing or complete following. And that will result in a credit towards the uh, minimum cultivation tax. So there will be more information coming forth about the specifics and the mechanics of that, but that's a, a really good news story that we've you know worked very hard to get that in place and it's gonna happen. The other good news is that um, we strongly advocated that locally there be no denial of applications uh, unless and until there is an appeals process in place. And it looks like from the MCD's recent report and from indications of emails that various people have gotten that are the commitment that we secured 
regarding that, that to not deny people until there's an appeals process in place looks like it is being implemented. Um, some people have gotten some deprioritization letters if they were behind in their taxes or if they didn't have a state, an active state license or application pending for the type of cultivation that they were conducting, but they weren't denied. Additionally, people who went through the second portal corrections uh, either got an application complete status or potentially uh, were adjusted to be listed as needing more information, but were not denied. So that's news. Um, other uh, little tidbit of news, please, everybody, really check your junk mail email, uh, both when things come from the state as well as from the county. So one of the things that happened recently is that the Mendocino Cannabis Department added a new email address for uh, the planner of the day checking the email daily, which is wonderful. And it really is uh, excellent to see them dedicating staff to keeping up on the communications. But they made a new email address without kind of letting people know. And I know that a lot of those emails went into junk folders, junk mail folders for email programs. So it's important that people really be sure to check your junk mail and be aware of emails that might come in on different compliance matters at the state and the local level. In other news, in a general way, we continue to work with the ad hoc and are incredibly engaged in tackling additional issues together with uh, the ad hoc and other county departments and really feel very pleased that we have a level of engagement and a desire to really attack some of the issues that bring challenges to everybody, whether it's different departments in the county or applicants or permit holders. And we're very grateful for the time and the effort that's being expended to work with us and try to troubleshoot and kind of workshop some of the issues from everybody's perspective and particularly in a way that deals with pragmatic issues so that things aren't rolled out in a way that that don't make sense. And so that's, uh, I think I should probably end it there. I'm hoping that everybody stays engaged and really um, remain as positive as you can during these challenging times. Hang in there and keep fighting. Thank you so much, Hannah. It doesn't even sound like there was too much bad or ugly. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm sure our listeners are too. And I did want to ask you a quick question. And perhaps Michael would like to chime in on this too, but no pressure. Could you break it down in layman's terms for our listeners about how those changed taxes are going to be affecting them? Um, you know, in all areas of the supply chain, how it will affect cultivators and distributors and um, possibly also consumers? Sure, well, I can speak a little bit to that. And I think I think a lot of the, uh, the answers to that question have yet to be seen. Uh, the, the truth is that the idea behind this tax relief is, is multiple uh, goals. And I think that different groups uh, certainly are going to have different perspectives on what the priorities are. So there's, in order for this tax relief 
to be spread across the supply chain and actually uh, who can benefit from it. So if we say that there's this cultivation tax that in theory has been being built into the price of products that are going to consumers, then the removal of that tax would uh, from the supply chain in order to actually reach the consumer, which is part of the goal, you know, there would have to be kind of this uh, this shift in where does that $161 go? So does a portion of it go to the consumer, a portion of it go back to the producer? Does the entirety go back to the producer, in which case there's no tax savings for the consumer? And so I think that what's going to happen is there's going to wind up being conversations that happen between different stakeholders and between the different producers and distributors and retailers. And, you know, ultimately consumers, if we want to see more people purchasing in the licensed market, we know that we are at a disadvantage price-wise. So I think it would benefit the entire supply chain to figure out how to help uh, provide some of that benefit to consumers. But we also know that it's been an incredibly hard slog for producers to retain the full value of their products to market. And so, you know, we have goals of wanting to see that retained for them. So I think it's a it's a complicated issue that ultimately will be decided between partners and, and collaborators as product gets to market. And I'm sure it'll be a lot more complicated than anyone had ever imagined. And I just want to add some nuts and bolts information. As I mentioned earlier, the elimination of the cannabis tax was effective July 1st. And we at Origins Council wrote to CDTFA and asked specifically if somebody had transferred their product, if a producer had transferred their product to a distributor or a manufacturer before July 1st, would the excise, I'm uh, sorry, not the excise, the cultivation tax uh, be applied if it hadn't yet gone through COA testing? And the answer is definitively no. If it has not been through COA testing and it was at the distributor or manufacturer before July 1st, then no cultivation tax will be applied to that product. Additionally, the and this kind of ties into some of the larger topics and, and how it all plays out that Michael was referring to, the bill also moved the excise tax collection and remittance to the state to retail, from distributors to retail beginning in 2023. So that there's one point of collection and remittance um, for for taxes, and there, you know, I think how it plays out, as Michael said, will be an open discussion and how it impacts the consumer and people along the supply chain. The excise tax of 15 percent is until at least 2025. And so there is some time to make the case that some of the taxes, the excise tax that is being applied to the industry may need to be further adjusted after that. But we at least have until 2025 for uh, the 15% to be the rate. So I think that those are some additional little details that might be helpful to people. 
Thank you so much, Hannah. That is helpful. And thank you, Michael, for expanding on that information. Um, I have one more question for you, Hannah. And Michael, if you want to chime in too, that's fine. Is the portal still open for those who want it to apply under phase three? <laughs> oh, okay. So phase three, much misunderstood, phase three. The um, I don't believe that they have yet opened the portal for phase three. They were going to build out a special section of the portal for phase three. Right now, phase three applications are being accepted. However, it's really important for people to understand that there's a difference between accepting applications and getting to the point where the department has the resources and staff to review those applications. They are still currently dealing with processing the existing applications. So they're taking them in house and the phase three, just to remind people, is back to the original phase three. The original one that was passed, it's only 10,000 square foot limit. Um, it has the original zoning chart, which eliminated resource lands as potential spots. And it requires additional studies up front, particularly regarding water studies. So people need to have all of their ducks in a row in advance. Additionally, the state licensing system since that time has shifted in terms of provisional licenses. And so some people may not be eligible to apply for a provisional license at the state level. Uh, that just means that they have to actually apply for an annual license, which are exactly the same materials. It just requires that they go through not only the entire local and state licensing process, but also the CEQA process before their state license is issued. That's really the only difference. There are also different benchmarks that are required at the state level. And the biggest change between phase three and the people who made it into phase one and phase two at the county level is that you may not cultivate until after everything is processed and you also have whatever type of state license you would receive, whether it's provisional or annual. So it's not like it had been where people were given an embossed receipt and could just start. No, this time they're gonna have to make it all the way through the uh, local permitting process as well as the state licensing process before they can even begin to cultivate. All right, thank you. Phase three sounds not awesome to me, but it is there at some point in the future from what I'm understanding. So thank you, Hannah, for breaking that down for us. So if you are hankering to jump in with a license when phase three is available, it sounds like you should start getting ready now so that you have all your stuff available when it is time to do that. So we are going to wrap it up on the policy end, and we are going to move along here to talking about the California State Fair. We have a couple of big time Mendo winners on the air with us today, and they're going to talk about themselves. 
and what it's like to be award winners in the um, first time ever inclusion of California of cannabis in the California State Fair. But before we move along to that, I want to make sure we give a little airtime to the inaugural Mendocino Craft Farmers Auction that is going to be happening on July 16th from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Brambles in Anderson Valley. Um, I believe it's in conjunction with the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, as well as the Mendocino Producers Guild. So Michael and Chia, I know you're both members of MCA, um, Hannah, you are as well. So anybody who wants to talk about this, you know, jump right in. Chia, we haven't heard from you yet here and we've got you on the air. So I'm actually gonna pass the torch to you quickly if you want to um, give us a little information on what the auction is about. Sure, I'd be happy to. Thanks, Jen, for having me on. Um, so yes, the auction on um, July 16th is coming right up. There's still tickets available for people who are interested in joining us. Um, and there's probably still room for accepting donations. Um, so that the money goes towards um, Redwood Community Services, and it's in collaboration with folks from MCA. And as you mentioned, MPG, which is the Mendocino Producers Guild, are putting this event together. Um, should be quite a, a showing of um, you know, local farmers and, and local folks coming to, um, to join in the fun, as well as hopefully people from outside the area coming in to want to see a little bit about our, you know, our cannabis community, our Anderson Valley community. Um, it should be a beautiful event. So really looking forward to that. And people can find more information. Uh, there's a Facebook um, event as well as you can go to the MCA website to find out more details under events. Exactly. And I'd just like to add real quick that <clears throat> this event has been the incredible brainchild of uh, Nikki uh, of Swami Selects. Uh, she is really the, the heart and soul behind putting this out there and really wanting to bring our cannabis community together to, to support our broader Mendocino community. And we are excited. We have a lot of people that are already coming in uh, from out of town who are excited to experience our culture and it's a great opportunity for local businesses and farms to contribute experiences uh the kind that you can only get here in mendocino and you know show show the rest of the world what we have to offer invite them to to share it with us because you know as things move forward uh supporting cannabis tourism and sharing our values and our, the value of our product and our community broadly is going to be a major way that our community is able to, to weather these storms. So uh, check out, like she has said, if you go to mendocannabis.com uh, and you click on events, you can see a listing right there it has all the information you need. Tickets are still available, uh, but they're going fast. So check it out as soon as you can. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really unforgettable evening. Um, certainly a one-of-a-kind, brand-new type of event for us here in the cannabis community. And you can also find information about that and many other cannabis community events, actually, at visitmendocino.com, which is really great. I see the Kind Bud Campout listed on here as well. So that's really cool. And I just want to um, give an on-air shout-out to the Mendocino County Tourism Council for uh, including the cannabis community and including some of the cannabis events like the Kind Buck Campout and also the Farmers Auction and bringing us into the fold with tourism. I think it's going to be really great and pivotal for our community to leverage our cannabis events to bring in visitors from out of town and even out of state. So I think that's really great. 
And uh, we're going to move on very shortly to talking about the state fair, but I know we've got Michael, Hannah, and Chia here on the line, and all together, I'm sure they would love to take a second to tell you listeners why MCA is so great and why it deserves your support. Michael, do you want to take the lead on that? Well, shucks. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Jen. Yeah, certainly um, MCA, Mendocino Cannabis Alliance. Uh, Phil, who's on the program, is also a member. So I'm proud to say that everyone on this show is a is a member of MCA. And as a trade association, we are the voice of Mendocino Cannabis. Uh, we advocate here at the local level and through our partnership with Origins Council at the state level to create better conditions for our community of cannabis operators. Uh, some of the things Hannah was talking about, like the uh, removal of the cultivation tax, uh, these are efforts that have been underway by advocates in our organization and in collaboration with other organizations. And it really is this collaborative effort that enables a louder, uh, more concentrated voice uh, when it, where it's really needed. And so, you know, we are very actively engaged with county leadership uh, and working to, as I said, improve conditions. We're also creating uh, pathways for our cannabis community to get their product to market through uh, a delivery service that we have set up in Sacramento called MendocinoCannabis.shop. And it's just, uh, we're really putting all of our efforts into supporting our community. And as such, we are also uh, an organization that in order to do so, we need to be able to continue to operate ourselves. And so we're strongly advocating and encouraging folks who are in the cannabis community who aren't currently members to join. Uh, we understand the times are tough financially. Um, and we really believe that coming together and working together to address these problems is the best way for us to create positive change. So we encourage everyone to check us out on mendocannabis.com. And, uh, you know, where we are strong. And uh, I look forward to answering any questions folks have. You can contact me at any time at michael at mendocannabis.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I urge everyone who's listening to support MCA. All right. Moving on to the state fair for the first time in its 168 year history, the California State Fair has welcomed cannabis into the fold as part of the fair's festivities. It's super great. It's really exciting. And we have two award winners here on the show with us today. Chia Rodriguez from Arcana Flowers and River Shy Farms and Phil Cruz from Mendocino Family Farms. Phil took home a gold and Chia a silver. And we couldn't be more proud of them. And we are going to hear from them shortly. They're going to tell us about their award winning strains and what it's like to be a part of history. So we're going to give a little background here on the state fair, um, the cannabis or the California State Fair Cannabis Awards. It's a celebration of our cultivators, large and small, and represents another step towards normalization and a new conversation about cannabis. Awarding cannabis flower and its unique compounds, the science-based competition was open to all licensed California cannabis cultivators showcasing the diversity of our microclimates, appellations, indoor sun-grown mixed light farms and brands. And the State Fair hopes the awards will reach a new audience and serve as a platform for consumer education and the role of the cannabis industry as a vital contributor to the California economy. 
All right, Chia and Phil, I'm going to have you both say hi. And then Michael, I'm going to have you tell us a little bit about how this historical event came to pass with cannabis being included in the state fair. So Phil, would you like to go first um, as a gold medal winner? Do you want to say hi to our listeners and tell them a little about yourself? Yeah. Hi, Jen. Hi, listeners. Um, my name is Phil Cruz. I'm the owner of Mendocino Family Farm. Um, we've been in the Willits area for the last 22 years. We're raising our kids up here off the grid on this nice piece of property. And um, yeah, it's just kind of nice to finally getting recognized for our accomplishments. Awesome, Phil. Thank you. Chia, would you like to go ahead and say hi again and um, give our listeners who might not know a little background about yourself and cannabis? Sure thing. Um, yeah, so my husband and I um, live in Redwood Valley, and we have a farm here overlooking um, Redwood Valley proper. And um, yeah, we've been cultivating, I think we just pulled in our 23rd you know, harvest last fall. So we've been doing this for quite a while and raising our children here on the mountain. And as Phil said, you know, it feels really good to be recognized for our hard work. Um, you know, it's it's been a, an interesting ride and being a regulated, you know, a, a licensed permitted cannabis farm here in Mendocino County and in California. So, um, you know, we're celebrating these wins really in a big way because um, we work so hard for everything that, that we have. Um, so something like this just makes us feel really, really proud. So thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. Oh, yes. It is my pleasure to honor our award winners here on the Cannabis Hour. So, Michael, will you tell us a little bit about how the State Fair came to include cannabis? Well, I, I've got to say, this is, as you mentioned, uh, really an historical occasion because for the first time in, I think you said 168 years, uh, cannabis is being included as uh, an award ca category, uh, which as advocates and activists in the cannabis space and cultivators and producers and, and people who are interested in seeing the succeed, you know, normalization at a, at a societal level is really a major goal. And to be able to integrate knowledge and awareness about cannabis in this way to the over 150,000 attendees who are expected to come to the state fair uh, is really major. And so when uh, we as a community became aware that uh, this was happening, and I'd like to shout out to Brian Applegarth and James and Caitlin from uh, Cultivar Strategies who worked with the California State Fair to develop a program that ultimately is the first step towards you know, this really becoming a more normalized uh, entry and, and situation at, at the state fair, but you have to take baby steps and you have to take into account some of the structural limitations and, uh, you know, can, uh, existing uh, biases and some of those things that are still out there, but address them in a in an intelligent and logical and cohesive way. And that really, I think Brian and the team at Cultivar Strategies really did a great job of, of facilitating that conversation and, and working with the state fair board to, to make this happen. And so, you know, early on, uh, we at MCA, as well as our partners in Origins Council, identified this as a really exciting opportunity and worked with the, uh, the organizers to create 
access or improved access for our community that has been struggling financially. And we were able to secure an opportunity for dozens, hundreds, actually over 120 participants to uh, get free entry uh, for the for the awards consideration. And there was still they still had to pay for the testing component, but it was a way to provide access to people who otherwise might not have had it. And the results, I think, speak for themselves. You look at the award winners, five of the top 10 Best of California award winners are from Mendocino County. We have Green Shock Farms, we have Essencia, we have Silver Dragon Cannabis, and then two additional awards, one additional from Green Shock and one from Essencia. So we have, and that's at the, the best of California, but again, in outdoor, we have Mendocino Family Farm, Phil here with us. We have Green Shock, we have Essencia, we have Silver Dragon, and of course we have uh, River Shy, and we have First Cup Farms and Emerald Spirit Botanicals. So M uh, Mendocino County showed up really huge here, and which then led to uh, our collaboration strengthening with Visit Mendocino County, who is bringing uh, our story to the State Fair by setting up a booth there. And we'll have members uh, of MCA on the grounds at the State Fair, promoting our farms, promoting our platform, and really just educating people about the incredible people and products that we have here locally. So it's it's been a great journey to see this unfold and to have it wind up with so many victories here in Mendocino. It just lights our fire even more and gives us even more strength to keep pushing to help make sure that all these great operators can survive and thrive locally and at the state level. That is totally awesome. I couldn't be more excited to hear about how cannabis has been welcomed in by the state fair. And it's awesome to hear about the behind the scenes work that went into making that happen. So a big shout out to the Origins Council and MCA and everybody else visit Mendocino who participated in making that happen. And Phil Cruz, I would love to hear from you. Um, tell us a little bit more about your background as a cultivator. Uh, I know you've been cultivating for a really long time. Um, you want to tell us a little about that, a little about your farm. And also, do you want to tell us about the strain that won the gold medal award for you? And um, yeah, just tell us about it. All right. Well, our background, you have to go back quite a ways. We're getting up there in the years now, but Sue and I, we moved up to Humboldt County back in 1981, um, trying to get away from the snow in Truckee was super, super deep and not much work was going on. So we decided to, what the heck, try to go up to Humboldt County. And then by 1982, we already bought our first piece of land on the east side of Humboldt County. And that changed our lives forever. Um, it just kept ballooning from there and there and there, you know, everything was going good. And uh, in 1984, we were um, told that marijuana was illegal. Imagine that, you know, by helicopters swarming around pretty thick. So um, our lives changed again. <laughs> so we ended up being in jail for a little while from that scene. And once we got done with that, we went back up to Tahoe and things were doing pretty good, but always had our heart. My heart was always in, in Humboldt County in Northern California. My family was up here. So we decided to buy this piece of land that we were on today. And so now today we run this farm with our two daughters, Paula and Melissa. We have a 10,000 square foot permit and um, we just enjoy doing what we're doing every day. 
just keep on going. Um, and then as far as the state fair entry, we had the GMO cookie that was entered. Um, we probably wouldn't have entered if it wasn't for Michael emailing me and say, telling me that we got a free entry. So I got to give a shout out to Michael. Thanks for that. And thanks to MCA for all they've done for us. But getting back to this GMO cookie, uh, we got this cut from Sabella Farms last year. I was told that it was this total Intica looking plant. And I, I don't know, all the years I've been growing, 40 some years, this looked like a pretty sativa dominant cut to me. It had a lot of the chem dog side to it. The, but anyway, it tested out at 40.8% THC A and 39.8% um, total cannabinoids with a 2.4% terpene level. So yeah, it came out pretty full spectrum and all of it at the top of its class. Um, can't say enough about this one. It was, it was pretty, pretty unique plant. And we're very proud of the way it turned out. Um, Hopefully, with the recognition that we might get at the state fair, we'll be able to bring our retail market up to the next level. But what I'm most excited about is um, having a platform to promote sustainably and regeneratively sun-grown cannabis. We've always known sun-grown cannabis that is grown in live native soils in Mendocino County sustainably and regeneratively produces some of the best cannabis in the world. And now we have the science to back it up. That is absolutely right. 40% THC on this beautiful outdoor sun-grown GMO cookies. I don't want to hear it about indoor with this if, if, if the outdoor is testing this high. I really don't. So Phil, if some of our listeners want to find some of this gold medal winning um, GMO cookies, where can they find that? Um, we're located at um, Organican in uh, Santa Rosa and Hoplin. We're uh, located through Vital Distro um, and their labels throughout the state of California and also in Southern California at Cornerstone Dispensary and LAPG Group um, in West Hollywood. Also available on MendocinoShop.com. And we're also available in Urban Market in Arcata, California. Awesome. Yes, that's Mendocino Cannabis Shop. Uh, it's an, a delivery retail service available to those living in the Sacramento area. And will you have this GMO cookie strain at the next Mendocino Producers Guild Farmers Market? Oh, definitely. Um, got plenty. <laughs> awesome. Plenty so. that's still trying to move. That's that's the hardest thing it's been for us is is um, trying to talk some more dispensaries into some shelf spaces. It's, it's a very um, stressful, kind of demeaning um, sales pitch, quite frankly, to to have to. Um, Getting it's not like get you can't send an email to any dispensaries. You have to get in your car and actually go door to door and 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 get on a knee and 
pretty much beg to sell some eights for you since our our brand is so small but hopefully you know this recognition that we get will like i said bring us up to the next level and be able to get us out to some more stores we're definitely got it packaged it's ready to go if anybody is interested yeah how can folks get in touch with you phil if they want to learn more about you or find your gmo cookies or if they want to carry your cannabis in their retail outlet how can they reach you um, well, we have a website, www.mendocinofamilyfarm.com, and we're also on Instagram at Mendo Family Farm. Awesome. Thank you, Phil, so much, and congratulations on your gold medal award for the GMO cookies for the highest THC at 40%. It's a really big deal. All right, Chia, I want to bring you on now and have you talk about your silver medal. Um, do you want to tell our listeners what strain took the silver medal? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, Riverside Farms um, cultivates the cannabis in our brand called Arcana Flowers. So um, we can get into that more later, but we won a silver medal for the myrcene category. So myrcene's a terpene. Um, and that was for our true writer OG. And so my husband does um, breeding and he is always trying to create the, the unicorn magical strain, you know, um, with some unique profiles. And I think we hit the nail on the head with the true writer OG. Um, really proud of this one. Actually, one of my favorite um, strains to smoke, actually, because I have severe and chronic back pain. Um, and so I knew this was going to be a good one to enter based on the test results that we got back from SC Labs. So SC Labs was the lab that was utilized for the state fair um, testing. And we had had tests done with them before. And so basically I went through um, a bunch of our tests to kind of compare them and see which strain I thought would be the best one to enter. And so we decided on the True Rider OG and I guess it was the right one to choose. Um, so this one came back at 34.58 total cannabinoids, um, 28.71 on the THC, um, total terpenes of 2.58%, and with the myrcene was 1.41% of that. Um, so its dominant effects for the myrcene um, terpene is uh, comfort, relaxation, and pain relief, which is definitely what I experience and others have experienced um, when they utilize this medicine. Um, so that was really awesome to, to see those results come back. Um, you know, it kind of validates your work. It validates everything that you've been doing and um, I'm really proud of this one. Um, and I know, I think you asked about a little bit more about where we can, where people can find the product. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, Arcana Flowers has been part of the Mendocino um, Cannabis Dot Shop program um, from the start with that pilot program. Um, and so we're available through that platform in the greater Sacramento and Butte County area. Um, locally, let's see, you can find our stuff through Sol de Mendocino over in the village of Mendocino. You can also find it in Ukiah at Canavine um, Dispensary, which is near Friedman Brothers area. And 
anywhere also in a dispensary that you might be visiting, um, there's a brand called Kikoko, which is a female owned brand that also has the True Rider in its pre-roll packs under the, the Wild Women pre-roll packs. Um, so yeah, it's available all over the state of California where, you know, we have um, dispensaries and delivery all over the state, but for, the, for this purpose, I think focusing on Northern California and Mendocino County is more important. Um, so yeah, that, that's where you can find it. Um, you know, just feeling really encouraged by this because, you know, just listening to what Michael was saying and what Phil was saying, you know, we, we um, you know, we've lived in a little bubble here in Mendocino County and sometimes it just takes a little, you know, push, a little impetus to get out there and, and do something a little out of your comfort zone. And we had been entering, you know, the Emerald Cups here and there over the years, um, hadn't really like dedicated ourselves to that regularly. Um, and we also entered the Women's Cup this year. So there's a Women's Canna Cup that, that came up. And so at the same time, we, um, we entered pineapple cheesecake in that one. We entered the true rider in the state fair and behold, we won something on each at each contest. So it feels really great to get that recognition. Yes, congratulations. Very, very well-deserved. And something that I wanna make sure I point out to our listeners today is that the judging for the California State Fair's cannabis portion was all um, testing based, which is really interesting. It's kind of a new approach. Um, most contests such as the Emerald Cup, as far as I know, um, it's more judging, you know, people are consuming the cannabis, a variety of judges, and then they're all getting together and voting on what they like the best. And this was a little bit of a different approach where everyone got their cannabis tested, like Chia mentioned, through SC Labs. And then it was actually just the testing results that determined um, who won each category. So there was a THC category, CBD, CBG co-dominant, um, and then one for myrcene, carophylline, limonene, pinene, osamine, and terpinaline. So what's really cool about this is that, you know, we all know, although high THC is awesome, it's not the be all end all for what makes cannabis strong. Um, a lot of it has to do with the entourage effect um, with different levels of terpenes. As Chia was saying, the terpenes in her True Rider OG have certain effects that are different from other terpenes. So it really serves to bring awareness on a consumer level to the different terpenes that exist in cannabis and how they affect your experience when you consume that cannabis. So I think it's really awesome that the State Fair took this approach to the testing. And Michael, I wanted to ask you if you knew how it came about for them to choose a testing-based um, competition. Well, I don't, I don't know the specifics, but I will say that I think you know there was some uh, a lot of conversation when this information first came out, where some folks were, uh, you know, didn't have the same perspective that you do, uh, you know, and took some issue with it. But the reality is that especially when you're starting off with something like this uh, in, in this venue and creating this normalization uh, from a place of lack of knowledge, you know, you have to develop systems that work uh, for everybody. And so this was a way to really address the fact that, you know, we, there can't be consumption at this point, there can't be actual cannabis product at the state fair. And so this is the, you know, the intro, the beginning of this process. And it was determined uh, in those, in that context that working with lab results and being able to talk to, like you're saying, the broader components of the cannabis plant and not have it be focused on just one thing, which can often be the case, 
you know, I think it was it was to their credit that they developed this unique strategy. And again, this is the first time that it's happening and the response has been really positive. And so I think it'll continue to evolve uh, as how are the awards continue to be given out. And, you know, I think it's just the beginning and a very important step in the process. And I'm sure that the organizers will be happy to receive feedback that folks have as ways to, you know, continue to move this forward. But I, I think it's, uh, as you say, I think it's a really great way to identify these different components and then, you know, educate consumers about what they do and how they can be looking for different things in their cannabis than just high potency. Um, but I think it is important for us to recognize that for many medical patients, you know, potency is important. And so, you know, it, it's just one factor, but it is also, uh, but it's not the only factor. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I actually, in the beginning, full disclosure, I was skeptical of the testing-based approach. And I thought, oh, how boring. They just don't know how to judge the cannabis. Of course, they just want to use a test. But now I think it's great. It's totally awesome. It completely serves as an educational tool. And it gives folks who are perhaps new to the cannabis community um, a chance to sort of have some structure for how to look at the cannabis from a scientific perspective. So I'm so glad that the State Fair chose to use a testing-based approach. And I think it's really interesting and really cool. So that's great. And really quick, I just want to give a shout out to all the Mendo award-winning farms for the State Fair. We have Mendocino Family Farm here on the air with us. We have um, Rivershire Farms also here on the air with us, Green Shop Farms, Silver Dragon Cannabis, Essentia, and First Cut Farms, and Emerald Spirit Botanicals, all award winners for the California State Fair Cannabis Awards. Pretty great. Mendo's bringing it home. I had no doubts. Um, so the Cannabis State or the California State Fair, I keep calling it the Cannabis State Fair, maybe one day, <laughs> is running now. And I believe it concludes on the 24th of July. Uh, is that anyone correct me if I'm wrong? But I believe that's the date it concludes. And we will keep you posted on what is going on with the Canagram Women's Cup. Chia, I know you entered that. I entered as well with my Farm Wildland Cannabis. Um, I believe we had Tina from Moon Maid as a contestant as well, and along with, I'm sure, many other wonderful women cultivators. So we'll definitely let you know what happens with that, and we'll bring those award winners on as well. And we're kind of reaching the end of our time here today. So if anybody has any last things to add, this would be the time. And Phil Cruz, I just want to give you a chance here to say any last words to our listeners and make sure you share your information again about where they can find out more about Mendocino Family Farms. Sure, yeah. I'm just going to say thank you for um, letting us come on the show and, and discuss this and um, what Michael also brought up about the normalization on how they do in the tests, I think to most people around the state that aren't quite into the cannabis like we are, the scientific way of um, doing this contest is like the one that makes most of sense. So I'm really, really glad that they did it that way myself. I've always been a science guy. Um, so yeah, that, that made my day. But anyway, uh, I want to give a shout out to Sun and Earth and for everything that they've do, done for our farm. And the Weed Light Change program um, has been really great for letting everybody around the state know that sun-grown cannabis, regeneratively grown, is by far the best. And 
not only smoking, eating, drinking, also best way to save our planet. We don't need another industry that is petroleum driven. So I just want everyone to think about that a little bit. And thank you, MCA, man. You guys, man, you're hard workers. That's all I can say. You guys are awesome. And we really appreciate everything you guys do. Awesome. Thank you, Phil, from Mendocino Family Farms. All right, Chia, I will give you the floor to say any last words for our listeners and give them your contact information one more time. Sure. Thanks, Jen. Um, yeah, well, I just wanted to say thank you again for the, the amazing opportunity here to let our local community know what's going on in the cannabis world you know, bi-weekly, <laughs> um, as well as today. So thank you for your ongoing work on that level. Um, yeah. So in terms of getting in touch with me, um, arcanaflowers.com, we have a Facebook page as well, Mendocino Generations and Arcana Flowers there as well as Instagram, um, arcana with two N's underscore flowers. Um, that's how you can get a hold of me. Um, and, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. You are welcome. All right. Last but not least, we have the esteemed Michael Katz back here from vacation with his first appearance right here on the Cannabis Hour. I am so honored. And Michael, I'm going to give it to you to say any last words to our listeners here. Yeah, just, uh, you know, in the spirit of celebrating the victories, you know, every time there is one, it's important to, to really enjoy that and use it as fuel to keep going because there's still certainly a lot of work to do. Uh, but we're going to have some really exciting times to come together as a community upcoming at the Kind of Bud Campout at the Mendocino Craft Farmers Auction for those folks going to Northern Nights. Uh, we're going to have a really great presence of Mendocino cannabis and uh, Emerald Triangle cannabis operators up there. And then that takes us to the state fair. So there's a lot of exciting things going on. It's a, it is a lot of work, as Phil said, and we're grateful to do it. Uh, but we could always use more support. So for folks who are in the cannabis community now and aren't members, please check us out at mendocannabis.com. Join today. For people who want to support what we're doing, we also have a sponsorship program. Uh, just feel free to reach out anytime to Michael at mendocannabis.com. And, uh, you know, we can keep doing what we're doing and, and working for the people. Uh, and we're grateful for the opportunity to do so. And we're grateful to you, Jen, for having this forum and for inviting us to participate. Oh, it is my pleasure. And I want to say thank you to KZYX for providing a home for the Cannabis Hour for the past six years. So we are all just so full of gratitude, and that's the way it is here in Mendocino County. It's what makes this such a wonderful place to be. So until two weeks from today, I hope you all have a beautiful day, and I will be back then with another episode of the Cannabis Hour for you. Thanks for listening, and take care. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.